Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Sarcasm Speaks, Jared and Bob here. Uh, out of the gate, I I got a, another opening thought similar to, well, it's not really similar to uh, what I opened with the last episode, but um, I do have an opening thought. And it is in regard to uh, kind of something that broke the internet over the last couple of days. And it is Shohei Otani's contract. Um, so for anyone that has no fucking idea who that is, um, Shohei Otani is arguably the best player in baseball uh, right now. What makes him so special is that he's the first player in a very long time probably almost a hundred years, right? Like I can't imagine maybe, maybe guys in the forties and fifties used to do it that I just don't know of. Um, but he is a professional baseball player that plays the field and also pitches and pitches very well. Um, he's a starting picture pitcher, um, and has been in the running for both the Cy Young and the MVP award in the last few years, um, because he's that good. Right. So he's not just a guy that does both. Uh, he's a guy that does both very well. So he's a free agent, right? He just left the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, which is the dumbest fucking team name ever. Uh, they should have just stuck with the Anaheim Angels, but whatever. Um, he just left that team, went to free agency. There was all kinds of craziness. Uh, to where he was going to go. He was super quiet, kept it under wraps. We don't have to get too deep into it, but there was a really funny story that there's a rumor, the rumors are circulating that his agents flew a plane to Toronto knowing that it would, like people would track it and think that he was flying to Toronto to meet with the Blue Jays and sign with the Blue Jays only to then turn around and side with the LA Dodgers. Um, so again, I don't know if the rumors are true. If they are, that's fucking incredible. Um, because his agency is CAA. They're like one of the massive just agencies in the world. Basically they do athletes and, um, like entertainers too. So they, they, they're, they're pretty big. They're like the, um, the Miller Gold <laughs> agency, basically, if from uh, from Entourage, they're just fucking huge. Except, not really, because Endeavor is really like Miller Gold, because Ari Gold from that show is based off of Ari Emanuel, who owns the Endeavor agency. But same idea; it's a massive fucking agency. Um, so, if that's true, that's hilarious. Um, that they did it just to like fuck with people and then also use it as leverage against the Dodgers to get more money being like, I don't know. He's on a plane to Toronto. You guys should probably hurry up and give us some, uh, give us some negotiations here. Um, so all that aside, he signed not only the largest deal, like the largest contract value in baseball history, uh, in all of sports history ever, Shohei Otani got a 10-year deal. This is what was reported at first. So it's a 10-year deal worth $700 million. 
That's right. $700 million, almost three quarters of a billion dollars over 10 years. So to put that into context, um, the second largest contract in MLB history and also um, currently, right, was Mike Trout, who people might know who that is. He's probably the second best player in the MLB, which funny thing about Otani and Trout is they both played for the Angels and that team sucked. So do with that what you want. Um, but Mike Trout signed a deal for $426.5 million. I believe his deal was over 12 years. So <clears throat> call it 427. 427 million was the biggest in the MLB until about four days ago when Shohei Otani signed a $700 million deal. Now, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head for the other sports, but I think the Pat Mahomes contract um, was pretty big. I know he got the biggest deal in NFL history. Um, let me see if I can pull it up really quickly as I'm talking. Um, obviously, my Wi-Fi is going to be retardedly slow right now and not work. So I, I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, okay, here we go. He got $450 million. So he got 10 years and $450 million. Um, So that was the biggest one. Did Joe Burrow get bigger? Why do I feel like Joe no. Burrow is making $50 million a year? I pulled up the largest sports contracts. <clears throat> so it's Otani, then Messi, then Ronaldo. Um, for contract value, not average per year. Okay. Mahomes, Kareem Benzema. Benzema. Yeah, he's That's... a soccer player. Trout, Canelo, Mookie. Aaron Judge, Manny Machado, and then we're not going past 10. Okay, so Joe Burrow got a higher AAV, average annual value, for anyone out there that doesn't know what that is, um, than Mahomes, but Mahomes got a bigger overall deal. So Joe Burrow got five years at 275, and Mahomes got 10 years at 450. So technically, Joe Burrow makes more than Mahomes, per year um but Mahomes got a bigger deal so per year if you look at so it's three soccer players <clears throat> then it's Canelo Otani then Giannis Giannis makes 62 so per year it starts to go to basketball because it's Otani then Giannis then Jalen Brown then Devin Booker Carl Anthony Towns Right. So but noticeably missing from this list because we don't know John Rom. Oh yeah. Theoretically, he should be second. Yeah. Yeah, he gets 600 million even if it's 565, even if it's 5. Yeah. Why what's uh what's Messi? Oh, uh Messi, sorry, Messi's probably over that. Messi's probably like 670. Okay. So, yeah. So, okay. So, I guess Rom would be fourth. He'd be top five. 
he would be like flirting with Ronaldo. So it would just depend on um, did he get five? Did he get five sixty five? Did he get six hundred? That would matter. Right. Right. So the funny thing about this contract and why I bring it up and why I lead with it is because everyone it, Twitter was broken. Their brains were everyone's brains were broken including the baseball Twitter app and just just everything, right? So comes out 10 years, $700 million. Oh my God, that's insane. You know, people talk about, um, you know, they justify it because he plays both the field and is a Cy Young caliber starting pitcher that it's basically like paying $35 million per year per player, right? Like you're getting... Otani the fielder for 35 million a year and Otani the pitcher for 35 million a year, which makes a lot more sense when you look at it that way. Um, except for the fact that he just had his second Tommy John surgery of his life. So he's not pitching right the next season in 2024. He's not pitching at all. He's only gonna, he might only actually DH for the Dodgers. Cause I don't think he's going to be able to play the outfield and throw the ball in the outfield that much. Um, so that aside, right? That that was the justification for it. Then there was this one little piece of information that came out that Shohei Otani's contract, although it is a 10-year deal, there is deferred money for 10 years following the conclusion of the deal. So for anyone that's not familiar with sports, um, Baseball does this from time to time where they defer money. Like Manny Ramirez was still getting paid from the Red Sox until like, I think two years ago or something like that. Um, World famous Bobby Bonilla day is July 1st of every year. Bobby Bonilla played for the Mets in like the eighties or nineties, whenever the fuck it was. Um, We still have 12 more years of Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And they gave him such a massive deal and then they cut him. Um, and they deferred all of his money. Like every year he gets a million dollars for, I think it ended up being like 36 years, 2011 to 2035. Yeah. Yeah. That's 26 years. Yep. Yep. I knew it was somewhat like close to 30 years. So, um, they deferred $680 million. Over 10 years following the 10 years of the the contract. So if you do some quick math, that shows that for the first 10 years of his deal, while he is contracted to play for the LA Dodgers, he will be making $2 million per year. And then he's released from his contract after 10 years. However, the 10 years following that, the Dodgers still owe him $680 $680 million, which is comes out to be $68 million a year for 10 years. So everyone is flipping out, right? People are saying, uh, fuck this. It's bad for baseball. It's ruining the game. It's all this stuff, whatever. And to which I say, you're just pissed because it's not your team. Right. Like if you were a Dodgers fan, you'd be like, oh, yeah, no, that's a great idea. If he signed with the Red Sox and did the exact same deal, all the people around Boston would be like, oh, my God, the Red Sox are geniuses. Craig Breslow is a fucking genius. Thank God we hired him and not 
Uh, Wait, is he the GM? Yeah. The former closer? Yes. Or the release pitcher? Yeah, that Craig Breslow. Yeah. Um, So that's what it is, right? Because they've been doing this forever. Like I said, Manny Ramirez got his contract deferred. Bobby Bonilla. Like it had, those are just the the big ones that we know of because they were super famous, right? I'm sure there's been Betts has got 120. Yeah, Betts Betts has deferred money, right? Like, you know, it's common in baseball. It happens all the time. So for people to like get all fucking panties in a bunch about this, it's just dumb. It's because it's not your team, right? It's not the team that you root for. It's also not as simple as. Oh well, it's only two million because whatever the competitive balance tax is, that's the luxury tax. So the luxury tax, as far as the luxury tax is concerned, his payroll hit is forty six million. Forty six million. Yeah. Yep. So that's what not, he counts towards the the tax. So it's not like they're they've shedded him completely, almost. Right. Right. Um. So if, again, for people that aren't familiar with baseball, baseball doesn't have a salary cap like other sports. Like, um, I mean, the NBA is it's a that's a fake cap, um, but the the NFL and the NHL have a have a hard cap um, that you can't spend over. Baseball has a luxury tax line, so there is no salary cap in baseball. But if you go over a certain amount, you have to pay a penalty to the league. Which then takes that money and redistribute redistributes it to the other teams in the league that are that didn't go over right? that didn't go over yeah so it's like a it's a competitive balancing yeah yeah so um he still counts right he still counts as forty six million as far as the luxury tax goes so then you get the the fucking dum dums like Ben Volan who I tweeted at. And he goes, why would Otani agree to this? And I replied, let me, let me stand by. Let me pull up my reply so I, I get it correct. Ben Vol- he sucks. Ben Volan is a, is a dum-dum. So I replied to him and I go, this has to be a troll, right? And then I list out three bullet points. The first one, he can skirt having to pay California state taxes which in total deductions would end up costing him about 52% of his salary. Because before the details of the contract came out, I saw someone, I forget who it was, but it was someone who was like a beat reporter or something like that, you know, was like, oh, it, if he makes $70 million a year after taxes and deductions and everything, he'll actually take home like 33 million or 34 million, whatever it was. So the he would lose more than 50% of his yearly earning if he had just taken the 10 years and 70 million because he lives in California and from, you know, whatever the, the state income tax and the federal income tax and, you know, social security and Medicare, all kinds of whatever, a millionaire tax, which I'm sure they have in California, like we do in Massachusetts, like all that dumb shit would have cost him 52% of his salary every year. So he skirts that. Right, because the ten years that he's in L.A. in California, he only has to pay state tax on the two million dollars a year instead of the 
70. And then once he finishes his contract, he can retire and move to Florida or move to Texas or leave the country, right? And then he doesn't have to pay California state tax on the $68 million a year. So that's bullet point number one. Number two, he makes roughly $40 million per year in endorsements. So he doesn't need that $2 million a year in salary. Doesn't give a fuck about that. Because that was the other thing. People, Because some people were like, oh, why would you only ever want to make $2 million when you have this and that? And it's like, he makes $40 million a year in endorsements. And I'll get to those. I, I, I love that logic. Why would you only want to make this? He's yeah. making $700 million. Yes. So I'll, oh, I'll, I'll get there too. Because I went at it with some people on Twitter. <clears throat> so the third bullet point. It frees up the team to get more players and to spend more money, which is true because he only counts for $46 million on the towards the luxury tax, not 70. So that's theoretically what? 24, $24 million that they could spend on another player, right? That they basically got back. So, and then I go pick one or all of them. Because <laughs> Ben Volan's a fucking dumb dumb again. Not, I can't stand that guy. Why he would Otani want to do that? Why would he agree to that? Because he doesn't need the money. He's deferring the money. He's smart. So then, back to the second bullet point. This is where people's brains start to break, and you get the fucking bobos, and everyone's a fucking financial analyst. And oh, I went to school for finance, and I have a degree in finance, and this is this is this, and this is that. So. I get I get a bunch of people that come after that come at me and go, well, he still has to pay federal tax regardless. Like, well, well, yeah, no shit. But now his California taxes, I think the state income tax is thirteen percent. So now he pays a thirteen percent on two million instead of seventy. Like, just people just didn't get it. Um. And, oh, so then he goes, so then there's a, there was this one guy in particular and he goes, uh, that's a bad deal because that's money wasted because you want the money now, not the money in the future money. Now you can invest the money now and it'll be more. And I, and I went back to him and I go, yeah, but if he invests the money in the future, wouldn't it theoretically increase, right? If you play the game of the stock market increases on average 7% every year or whatever, right? Over the course of 20 years, he could just invest that money in the future. So I'll I'll give I'll give that guy that one because the way compound interest is, the earlier you get in, the earlier you get out. Right, right. So, I know. I understand that. But but he can take the $40 million that he makes in endorsements and invest that. Correct. And I know it's not 68. So by, by, by the stock market math, it's fine. But what do they consider normal inflation? 3% a year? Yeah. So with normal inflation... Do I have this backwards or not? With normal inflation, it's really only like if the stock. So if the stock market did do seven, which that's a good year, right? Even wouldn't inflation do three? So really, the the stock market only does four for you, right? 
Right. Or unless I have it backwards, in which case it would be 11. No, I think you're right. Okay. <clears throat> because money becomes less valuable over time due to inflation, right? Like a dollar today is worth not a dollar next year. Oh, okay. So I did have it backwards. Yeah. So I mean, li listen, don't get me wrong. I understand the compound interest thing, but the compound interest thing is very important for people that are not going to receive $68 million in cash <laughs> over a 10-year span. Yes. Because then, frankly, he doesn't need to invest a fucking dime if he doesn't want to. Right. Right. So this is where like- He could be Scrooge McDuck diving in a pool of fucking gold coins. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is where the Twitter war began because then but, other people started jumping in on this one guy. And I my my fucking Twitter notifications were exploding last night. Um so um that's what the, this this one guy goes, you make it out like this is smart. He could have taken less money and invested it. The dollar is worth less and less as time goes on with inflation. My guess is he wasn't getting as high of offers as he expected. This one guy replied and goes, he got $700 million. No matter how you slice it up, he's getting $700 million. Yeah, that's so it. So what it's do you not... mean he wasn't getting offers that he expected? This is the biggest contract in the history of sports. And the guy goes, he quite literally doubled the market. Like, and, he, and this guy goes, the tax efficiency of this deal is good for him. But like- uh, like that one line, imagine being like, my guess is he wasn't getting as high of offers as he expected. He has the biggest contract in sports history. They sent a fake plane to Toronto to make sure he got the number he wanted. Right. That's insane. So this one guy comes back and he goes, this, this, is, this is where things get asinine. And this is what happens when you argue with people on Twitter. He goes... I'll pay you 70 grand a year, but you get 68 of it starting in 10 years. Sound like a great deal? Even if you have money already, it's not ideal. If you were offered 60 grand a year and got it starting the first year, this would be a viable option. So I replied to him and I go, hey man, I totally understand where you're coming from with your argument, but that's not even close to what's actually happening. No, if, because you if took you it, move. Yes. And I go, if you move the goalpost and say it's 70K instead of 700 million, you're right. It becomes an awful deal. But the fact remains, it's, it's 700, 700 million. million with 2 million a year, not 2K. Right. Like if you just come at, if you're just going to make up numbers at that point, like, oh, I'll give you $70,000, but I'm only going to give you two now and I'll give you 68 in 10 years. Yeah. That's a stupid fucking deal. The other thing too, I don't- I, but this so, is $700 million. It's not $70,000. So this is the only, and I, I don't know the answer to this. I don't know how deferred money works, but do they have to put that in escrow? I don't know. I don't know the, like, the specifics and the ins and outs of it. I don't know how baseball works. Because I know it's so in the NFL- They do for the signing bonuses. You have to put- money the signing bonuses in escrow. Right. Because if you're going to dole it out, you need to remove it from your bank account. Right. For the NFL. So if uh, if you if they move money to escrow and it garners interest, do they get the money plus interest? 
Because when you rent an apartment and they take a, a security bonus or a security um, from you, they have to return the security with interest. Interest. Yeah. And I th- think that's technically, uh, I guess it's not technically escrow. Eh? Kind of is escrow because then the money doesn't belong to anyone specifically. So I don't know. I like wonder, like, do they have to take the six eight? No, six eighty. Yep. Yeah. Do they, do they have to take the six eighty? Do they have to put that aside? Maybe not, because baseball contracts are fully guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but here's the deal, though. Like, so the Dodgers, they could do that. They right. could put, I mean, they're probably not just giving up 500 million in cash. Yeah. But they themselves I don't know if they could, have that liquid, right? I'm no, sure they have liquid. something close, right? But, but I was going to say, they could start like a fund where it's like, you know, move a little money here, garner some interest, whatever. Eventually he gets his money too. Right. Right. I don't know. I mean, it's like, because this is the thing is like, everyone wants like, well, when the financial experts come out, they want to use a formula. And the only thing that trumps formulas is the gross or the absolute number. And I think that's the problem because people are like, oh, well, you know, he he could have got more if he took it all lump sum and invested it. Yeah. Or <laughs> if he's getting 45, 40, 45 in endorsements. Plus the two. Plus he's in the dot. Now he's with the Dodgers. He ain't with the Angels. He can probably make more money that way too. Right. The 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 gross like forget percentages. The gross number is just so fucking astronomical. Like what are we talking about here? Yeah. Yeah, and because then people were like, "Well, inflation, like sixty eight million in what is it twenty so through 2033, so 2034 starts the first payment of the 68 million. And people are like, yeah, well, with inflation, it's 68 million is going to be less than that. It's worth less. Okay, what is it? 64 million? Like, I don't know inflation numbers, right? Like, uh, well, at the so end the of the day, too, like, you- he's still making hundreds of millions of dollars by the end of his his. Yeah. Right. And then also some people are going to do the math on 680 and it's like, no, it's not 680. It's 68 this year. Right. And then 68 next year. Right. Because that's the other thing. The reason that the the luxury tax number is 46 is that value, if they had to pay that on day one, that's a $460 million contract. Yeah. Guess what? They account for fucking inflation. Yeah. Cause this is the fuck this is major league baseball. I guarantee you their numbers people are better than fucking Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what it was. Like people start replying and be like, Well, I went to school for finance. I can't find the reply. But someone replied and goes, I went to school for finance and they taught us that money now is better than money in the future because of inflation. And it's like, hey man, if you want to like start throwing your degree in my face, like that doesn't mean dick. Like, cool. You went to school for finance. Awesome, man. Like the Are people that teach for? college courses are fucking old as Methuselah, right? They teach shit from the seventies. We know that for a fact. 
Like it, and also not for nothing, but this is another thing to think about. Um, the people that go to school for finance and that like their world is in finance, they want you to give them your money, yep. right? Like a financial analyst is going to tell you, yep. oh yeah, no, you want that money now because then you can give it to me and I'll manipulate it and I can yeah. do this and I can do that. They they want your money because that's how they make money. They take a draw of whatever the, you know, the money is and that's how they get paid, right? And it's like, obviously someone's job that is to take your money and theoretically grow it so then they can make more money is going to tell you that money now is better than money in the future. And that's, well, that's the other thing too, though, but like money now versus money in the future, that only works when we're talking about a finite sum of money. Right. And again, he's not getting it all now. Right. You'd have to get it over the 10 years. Fine. Right. But that's like some of the people that go, oh, well, do you want to take a lump sum now or would you like whatever percent? Usually the answer is the percent or it's whatever. Right. Because like a lot of like you heard about like some of those Nike deals where it's like, do you want 100K or do you want 1% of the company? I'll take the 100K now. And it's like, that was fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, would you rather have. Less things like so take like. Would you rather have 50K? Like, would you rather have 50K today? Or would you rather have $1,000 over 50 years? You want the 50K because right. the number isn't so high that you like it becomes irrelevant. Right. And yes, the 50K will grow better than 1K per year. Right. With you. Deal. Like, all you financial graduates. Yeah. I'm with you. You're applying regular people logic to fucking to, unfathomable to numbers. numbers right? to, like, to, to numbers that truly, really yeah. actually don't fucking matter. Yeah. Yeah. $700 million. Again, almost three quarters of a billion dollars. And if that guy 40, doesn't give a fuck about the, the 50 grand scenario, right? And, like, if, and if he makes 40 in endorsements for those 10 years that he's in LA. We're talking about $1.1 billion. Yeah. Dude, what the fuck is he going to do with $1.1 billion? Yeah. What the fuck would you do with $1.1 billion? I have no idea. I wouldn't even know where to start. I would buy a lot of shit. That's for sure. It's like think about like if you had a billion dollars, right? Like I I I think about this from from time to time, right? Whenever it comes up, like when Taylor Swift became a billionaire, like when they announced that people become a billionaire, it's like you can go and purchase a fifty million dollar house on like a piece of land, whatever. Like all together, it's fifty million dollars. That is absurd. That is an absurd amount of money to Stupid. pay for a house on a piece of land, right? We we can agree there. Fifty like, million dollars, it's like two houses at fucking Pebble Beach, is five percent of your net worth. If you have a billion dollars, that is five percent. That's nothing. 
That's the equivalent of if you if you make a hundred thousand dollars a year or you're worth a hundred thousand dollars, you can buy a massive, huge mansion for five grand. That's the equivalent, right? Like that's that's what fifty million dollars is to someone who's a billionaire. It's five grand to someone who makes a, or is worth a hundred thousand dollars, which is even even different, right? Because someone who's worth a hundred thousand dollars, you don't make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. No. So like, think about that. You probably make less than a hundred thousand dollars and that's five grand. That's the equivalent of like, again, the billionaire stupid. buying a stupid house for 50 million bucks. Absolutely stupid. Yeah. Like that's wild, right? Like what, what Tom Brady's house on, on the country club, didn't that sell for like 20 million? Oh, remember. I know it was like listed high. I don't know what it ended up selling for. Yeah. Like what is the most expensive real estate in the country? Right? Like I I don't know. Like like the Playboy Mansion? Like how much is the Playboy? Like what's Michael Mansion Jordan's worth? compound? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, let's let's look it up. Let's see how much the Playboy Mansion is worth. Playboy Mansion. That's gonna be it though. Yeah, because I don't think it's actually that big. $54 million. There it is. You could buy the Playboy Mansion if you're a billionaire. You have a, you have a billion dollars. You could buy the Playboy Mansion for 5% of your wealth. That's wild. <laughs> that's like, that's when you hear about like, um, Fuck, who's the dude from Oracle? Larry Ellison. Um, and like all of these people, like a Jeff Bezos. I don't know if Bill Gates does, but he might. I wouldn't be surprised. But when you hear about these type of people and the news comes out that they bought an island, like they literally just purchased an island, like that's that kind of wealth, right? They, I, and I know those guys are in the the tens and hundreds of billions, right? Like I think, uh, I don't think Larry Ellison is in the hundreds of billions, but he's definitely in the billions. Um, he bought, um, Lanai, I think, I think he owns the Island of Lanai in Hawaii. He just owns the Island. Like, oh, sick. And I think, um, I think Jeff Bezos bought an Island too, somewhere. I mean, like the French Riviera or some, some stupid bullshit like that. Like when you get into those, that type of wealth, your money now versus money deferred argument is fucking trivial. Stupid. Yeah, but I'm going to pay you 70 grand, but I'll give you two, two grand now and 68 in 10 years. Dude, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not even close. That's not even apples and oranges either. That's like fucking kumquats and and uh granite like it's just not even close so yeah Craziness. that's uh that's shohei otani for you and that was uh that was the the twitter eruption last night <laughs> so there you have it um Speaking of real estate, wow, we've had a lot of really good segues lately. I'm I'm proud of us and and our 
ability to segue. Um, there has been an interesting bill proposed in Congress by the Democrats, um, which for one, right? Like I know we spend a lot of time shitting on Democrats. Um, we do also shit on Republicans, but just because of the way the times are right now, we spend a majority of our time shitting on the Democrats, but let's not get it twisted. Like I say, always, they both suck, right? Um, however, the Democrats actually did something that I agree with. They they're trying to pass, right? They've, they've proposed and they've put together a bill to remove hedge funds from the housing market. So anyone out there that is trying to buy a house or has tried to purchase a house in the last couple of years, you may have run into the issue of like everything is wicked fucking expensive. And some of that is inflation. Yes, that we talked about whatever. I know inflation has been super high um, since COVID. But what it really is, is supply and demand, right? So it's not, it, it's, it's a... Uh, it's a combination of a lot of things, right? It is a little bit of inflation. It is a lot of bit of the supply and demand. Um, it's other things as well. It's interest rates. It's, you know, people's ability or inability to forecast the future, right? If they think the country is going to go to shit, they're less likely to sell their house. It's a lot of, it's a lot of factors, right? That, that are going on. But at one of the major factors is supply and demand. So if you talk to anyone who's a real estate agent, they will tell you that just the volume of houses on the market is the lowest it's ever been. No one is selling their house right now. Um, one of Amy's friend's sisters is a, um, a real estate agent in Rhode Island. Um, and I think this wasn't, it's not this year, but I think in 2022, um, the, the sister said that it was the lowest amount of homes on the market in like 15 years or something like that, probably since 08, 09, if I had to guess, um, that that time period, the, the last crash. So they're just not there, right? So because of that, to, to go back to a high school economics class, um, supply and demand, as supply decreases, even if demand stays the same and doesn't increase, the prices are going to go up, right? If there's less stuff available and the demand is still there, the price is going to go up because you have more people trying to purchase the commodity, right? Or whatever it is. And there's less of that available. So you're going to be able to get more money for it. So that in part has driven up the, the housing prices across the country. Again, much to the chagrin of people our age, right, and younger, who are trying to buy houses, because that's typically the age, you know, uh, somewhere in your twenties and thirties when you're trying to buy a house. And that's the thing right now. Everyone's like, "Oh, I can't do it. Maybe I can afford a house when I'm fifty, right? That's the joke. So, part of the reason, again, with the supply and demand, the underlying reason is that hedge funds. So these massive, massive corporations that are worth tens or hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, right, have realized 
that they can make a ton of money in the real estate market. So I don't know typically what a hedge fund does. I mean, they know I do know, like have a general idea. They work mostly in the stock market, right? With stocks, you give them money, they invest it, they manage your money, they grow it, ideally. And it's not you know Enron and Bernie Madoff that just disappears with your money. Um, ideally, they grow it, you get more money, you can retire, all that fun, happy horse shit, right? Well, somewhere along the way they realized and decided that why don't we just start buying houses? And then, so there's two ways that they make money. They buy houses, they have the capital, right? Because they manage people's money. They have, again, tens, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars that they manage. So they have the capital to go in and buy a house, right? Like, let's say, Let's just keep it local, right? Let's say Massachusetts. There's a house in Massachusetts right now that's probably worth $400,000 on the market that 15 years ago would probably be 250, right? It's What a shithole it must and be. You go, and you go in and it probably needs a whole new kitchen. It's got an outdated bathroom. It's got carpet through the house. It might still have wood paneling on the wall or wallpaper. It needs a lot of work. But because of the day, the today's day and age, it's $400,000 on the market because that's just what the market is right now. Well, someone like you or I, or you know, average people might not really be able to afford it. Or you can afford the house, but then you got to live in a shitty house, right? Like that's the conundrum that people are in. You either have, you can afford the shitty house or you can't afford like the nice one, but you can afford the shitty one, but then you can't afford the upgrades or all the upgrades you need, right? It's a it's a catch-22 that you, you get stuck in. But a company like BlackRock can go in and be like, oh, you want $400,000 for this house? Yeah, I'll give you 400,000 cash. I'll write you a check today. And then I'll go in and I'll spend $75,000, and I meaning the entity, right? I'll go in and spend $75,000 in renovations. And then I will turn around and list the house for 600. And now your $475,000 investment now gets sold at a profit of $125,000. So all you're really telling me is that the hedge funds got into a loop of watching HGTV. Yes. Yes, they did. So then also- Flip, flip this house? Yeah, yeah, flip this house. Maybe so they've the, been watching Bob Vila. The other thing This they old do, house. <laughs> probably used to watch that. I used to love that show. My dad used to watch that too. Um, I follow Bob Vila on Instagram, actually. Um, I think he's local. Shout out to, to Bob Vila, local guy. Um, Bob, why don't you come on the show sometime? Yeah, <laughs> he's probably like fucking 90. You can teach us how to be actual men. <laughs> um, so- the other thing they did was they started purchasing houses and then keeping them because they realized, right, that, yeah, the flipping house business is cool. It's lucrative. Oh, you can go in and make a lot market. of money. But then they would just buy the houses and just hold on to them. Hey, those hedge fund pussies, aren't that? They're not stupid. They're not stupid. They're definitely, there are a lot of things, but stupid is not one of them. That's for sure. So you have companies, again, like BlackRock that come in and purchase the houses. They can either, you know, like I said, they can either flip it for a profit 
or they can hold on to it, which reduces the supply, right? And drives up the cost of all the houses for everyone else, which means regular people can't afford it, but they still can. So what do they do? They buy up enough properties and then the demand is so high, they go, oh, do you still want to live in this house though? And people go, well, yeah, we want that house. And they and BlackRock goes, well, I'll rent it to you. So you could just pay me rent to live in this house, right? So you can live in a single family house. You get the house that you want, but it's perfect, right? It's a perfect deal for you. And this is how they pitch it. You don't have to spend $600,000 on a mortgage to live in this beautiful home. You can just pay us, you know, 2,500 bucks a month and you can live in the house. We'll, we'll rent it to you. So now that's the big thing, right? That's what a lot of people are doing. They're renting single family homes because they can't afford to purchase a home. <clears throat> so BlackRock is, is making money on both ends, right? They're making money by flipping and they're also making money by buying the houses that other people can't afford or people can't afford them, but the, the, the seller... You're going to, as a seller of a house, you're going to go with the sure thing, right? Like if, if, you know, with us going through the process, not that long ago, right? Like our real estate agent went through each person on the list that made the offer. Like this, this offer comes from these two people. They're married. This is what they do, whatever. They're going to put down this much this is what they have. You know, like we got all of that information from our real estate agent. Like if she came to us and goes, yeah this person doesn't need financing. They're just going to write a check for $400,000 and we can get the paperwork signed and, and signed and done in a week. You go with that. Like that's what, that's just what you do, right? You don't have to deal with a, a bank that like the, the people, the poor schmucks on the other end, they have to get approved for the mortgage and go through their whole process, which takes time. Nope. This massive company that manages hundreds of millions of dollars can just come in and write you a check. And then all you have to do is sign on the dotted line and the house is sold, right? You don't have to, again, you don't have to worry about the people getting approved, get get denied, right? And it's like, oh shit, the bank didn't didn't approve their, their loan. Well, I guess we have to go to the next offer, you know? And then you go through the same fucking thing with that. And then it's, well, they brought in their own home inspector and their home inspector didn't like this and this and that, and they want this and they want that. Again, BlackRock doesn't give a fuck. They just want the house and they're going to write you a check. So I can't fault people, right? If you're selling a house to sell it to a, a hedge fund. Um, but this is the situation we've got ourselves in. And now that was a, a, a long-winded, uh, get. I was just getting everyone up to speed on the, the current situation of the housing market. So the Democrats, they did a good thing, Right. They're trying or they're trying to. They're trying to pass legislation that would remove hedge funds from purchasing and owning houses across the country. So it started in the Senate. So a bill was introduced in the Senate uh, by Democrats that would require hedge funds to sell off their single family homes in the next 10 years. So I think it's specific to single family homes, which Okay, fine. Like they can still own multi multi tenant units, right? And whatever they end up being, whether it's a two three family or a building, maybe they 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 get into 
you know, apartment buildings and, and things like that. But it this is specific to single family homes. And so not only would it require them to sell off their single family homes over the next 10 years, it would prohibit them from owning any single family homes at all, ever. So, and it's called the, oh, this is hilarious. Could think of a, this is something. So it's called End Hedge Fund Control of American Homes Act of 2023. It's like, sometimes in Congress, you guys come up with some fucking catchy shit, right? Like the Patriot Act, right? Like you, you fucking hid so much weird, goofy shit in the Patriot Act, right? And it's all these things and surveillance and all that, whatever. And the best thing you could come up with with this was the End Hedge Fund Control of American Homes Act of 2023. Almost like the Derek Zoolander Center for (laughs) kids who want to learn to read good and do other stuff good too. That's literally what it is. What is this, a center for ants? Like, come on, just get a better name for it. But alas, like I said, I do think it's a good idea. I support this idea and what they're actually doing. And again, I try and be fair and call it down the middle. Like I said before, you know, I I know we shit on Democrats quite a bit, but I'll give them the win on this one. I will say that I actually agree with them. I think this is a good, um, this is a good move, right? And I think it's important too, that it's specific to single family homes, right? Because people can be landlords, right? Like you, you can, you can like a, Anyone can be a landlord of a multi-tenant building. Like you just buy the building or the the three-family house, two-family house, whatever it might be, and you can rent it out. That's fine. Like I'm I'm okay. If hedge funds want to get into that market, whatever. We'll we'll I might be kicking the can down the road, but you know, whatever. At least it's not they, they won't you know what though they won't though, because it's not the same as it's not the same as the housing market. It's a different you're, it's a different kind of person. And it's also a more traditional operation. Right. <clears throat> like the type of person that's going to pay BlackRock to rent a single family home isn't going to pay this, isn't the same type of person that's going to pay to rent the second floor of a no. three, of three family. No, house, it's not even, it's right? not, but the, and then it's not worth, it's not worth the hedge funds time to have a three family house or have multi tenants. Right, because yes, they own the property, but then you're doing like traditional landlord bullshit. Like if it, like if right. traditional landlord bullshit was so good for hedge funds, they would have been doing it hundreds of years ago, right? Or right. whenever this like became a thing. Yeah, it's the single family standalone own the house. Like it's that aspect that. Yeah kind of changes it and even like like if they bought like a like an apartment building like there's rules now like yeah yeah. (laughs) like what they're doing is exploiting a hole in the market like them buying a building or a two three four family that's just the fucking game they ain't doing that right there's no exploitation right so I mean, I don't know. I think this is a good move. I doubt it's going to pass, right? So later in this article, I got the article from Business Insider. Um, I saw it on Twitter. 
first and then I found it I found it on Business Insider. Um so they say while the Senate bill has hedge fund in the title, uh, the worst title ever, it appears to be targeting any large investor. So the language defines Oh, yep, there we go. I'm so out. the the well no no no. no. So <laughs> this wait, let me finish. No. The language language defines hedge fund taxpayer as any applicable entity with $50 million or more in net value or assets under management. So they define a hedge fund as anything that has $50 million or more in management, in asset management. I know small-time landlords that have more than that. So, no, I'm out. But a small-time landlord that owns... Commercial real estate or both single family homes that rent that rents to people. Both. They have buildings, they have they have commercial properties, they have multi-unit apartments, they have two families, they have single families, they got everything. Well, under this, they'd be able to keep all of it except for the single families. Yep, I'm out. Keep it to the hedge. Keep, either keep it to the hedge funds because this is my thing, though. Well, because you have the, to draw the line somewhere, right? And they drew the line at fifty million dollars in assets. Yeah. Like, where do you put the line? A hundred million dollars. My line is the type of business. Because well, like, that's every, what you, that you can't do that because that gets fucking sketchy. Because then okay. compete people com, companies can just brand themselves as something different. Oh, I'm not a hedge fund. Yes. Yeah, so I do something else. It's not that easy though, because if you're a hedge fund, you need to be a fucking hedge fund or else you can't accept people's money. Yeah. That's so true. you can't be a hedge fund unless you're a hedge fund. Yeah. Now, the problem is if you are, say, um, like the gym could buy a house tomorrow. Right. Like we could buy an apartment and rent it out and take that income. Right. And there's nothing wrong with it right now. Now we don't meet that threshold. We're under the threshold. So we're Oh, you don't make fifty million dollars a year. We do not. (laughs) Unfortunately. It must be forty nine. (laughs) Um so we're under the threshold anyway, so it's fine. Right. But if you like when you like when you because that's the thing too, when you create a business, you need to create your primary business category. So if you say hedge fund or investment bank or any financial institution that theoretically has like crazy liquid cash that could exploit this rule, then they would be out in my opinion. Right. Okay. So yeah, if you can if you can define it in a way by that business makes type. sense. It, yeah. would, it would go by business type because then like the people that I'm thinking of, they are property owners, property management company, um, real estate. Like they are all something because that's their category. So that therefore they can get the correct approvals to the bank. Because that's another thing, like well, you know, I wonder. I don't. I don't know this, right? I don't know really how this works. But could a hedge fund create a business under I think its they umbrella? Could do that anyway. 
they can create a business under its umbrella that's a property management business. I believe right? that would be their loophole. So even if this yeah. did pass, right? I believe if they really wanted it. So that's why that's where the number comes that the hard line number comes in at 50 million. So maybe if it was a hundred million, I'd feel better, right? Like it, maybe you, that's where you draw the line. But because people like if you if you just do by business type, I, there's loopholes, right? There's always a loophole. But if you yeah. draw if you draw the line at a number, it's kind of hard to loophole a number. Unless you create multiple businesses, right? Like, I mean, you could well, do this if you if you would take the time, right? Like, but this Black, is the thing: BlackRock like, would have to come up with like five thousand companies that work underneath it that are property managements that all have their asset management value under the threshold. They might. I mean, be it's able a to really it anyway. it's a really fucking pain in the ass, but they could probably do it. Yeah, truthfully, again, I don't know exactly all the legalities of it. They might be able to do it anyway, like yeah. even if it did pass. Yeah. Because it's like if it's you know BlackRock Co. is the legal business, they might have like BR property, right? And it's like, oh well, our assets are only forty million. It's like, wait, but who own like, but who owns you? Like, yeah, yeah. And that's where it starts getting iffy, right? And BlackRock could then turn around and be like, well, yeah, no, no, we're the hedge fund. That's a property management company. We just bought that. We we just bought them. Yeah, yeah. Like they already exist. It's like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> and that's like, so that's like part of my problem. Like, I don't think hedge funds should be buying single family houses, but if they really want to, they'll always find a way to. Like, that, I think that's my, like, yeah, my cynicism or my reality moment. So, like, yeah, go ahead, put it in legislate, like, go ahead, like, try to push it along. Like, I think it's a good thing. Um, my other question is, do they have to sell their assets now? No, they have 10 years to do it. Yeah, fine. Because I, I also don't like that. I also don't like like forced sales, but... Yeah, I, I don't really like that either. I don't love that. That, would, but... that probably wouldn't get through. I think what it would end up happening is they would probably end up selling on their own anyway because they don't want to hold these houses forever. Right. And God forbid a fucking if there is like a like a market crash, then they're sitting there like, oh fuck. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean yeah, I'm so for I'm for it, but I'm not, I don't know. Some of the details ain't right. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's a good start. Right. Like I'm for the idea. I'm glad. Like they even say in the article that it's not going to pass. Um, Good. Let me see. Uh, the bill is unlikely to pass in a divided Congress, but lawmakers have insisted that the conversation needed to be started, which I agree with. Like they need to figure something out. Right. Like if this yeah, is cause... the initial, if this is the initial proposal and no one's going to agree to it, well, maybe the one that everyone can agree upon is something better. I also think the states might have to start looking at zoning because between Airbnb and bigger companies buying shit up, yeah, it is like creating a little bit of an issue, right? Where people can't buy, right? And I mean, I don't know. It's hard to tell people to leave, but like, that's going to be kind of like not. You're not going to be telling them to leave, but they're not going to have really much of a choice in some places. Yeah. You might have to look at zoning like this is only for home ownership, period. 
done. Like, or full-time home ownership, period, done. Like, that's it. Right. So in this article, they say, according to CoreLogic, I don't know what that is. I'm assuming it's some research company. But according to CoreLogic, investors accounted for 26% of all single-family home purchases in June. So in the month of June, investment companies bought 26% of all single-family homes. That's up from pre-pandemic levels that were below 20. Yeah. So median home prices are up 38% from 2019. Cool. Yeah. The median home price in the country today is $431,000. That, that's adorable. Yeah. That's just throughout. That's a course you know, the country, across the country. Know, but that's just, that's, it's just cute. Right. Right. From, from, from a guy in the Northeast. That's just. Well, that's what I mean. Like a $431,000 house in Massachusetts is a fixer upper. Pretty much. That's a fixer. That's like I said, 10, 15 years ago was you could get it for like 275. And now it's 430. Stupid. 430 and you got to invest another 100,000 to make it what you make it good, nice, right? What you want. At whatever the fuck percent to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's fucking unreal. No, it's awesome. Yeah. But I think, like I said, it's it's this legislation is potentially a step in the right direction. We'll see where it goes. Um, but I don't know. At least people are willing to have the conversation. I think that's a huge. I think that's a huge win. Maybe you can go state by state. Yeah. No, no, whatever. I mean, theoretically, right? Like if you, it should, right? If you stick to the whole like federalism, right? And how that works, like states power should be greater than the federal power, right? Like it just, just my thoughts in general, right? Of, of that, like smaller federal government, um, it sh- it should go state by state. Maybe maybe Massachusetts will enact something, right? Like that's that's kind of how this shit works, right? Like it takes... It takes someone putting it on the floor of Congress for everyone to be like, nah, I'm not voting for that. Right. Like you, like you were for the bill until you saw the the $50 million threshold of, yep. of assets. Right. And everyone's like, nah, fuck that. But now everyone is aware of the issue and you might turn around and go write your own bill to propose that's a little bit different. And then the guy from fucking Oregon might write a bill that's kind of similar, but a little bit different. And then eventually over time, it fucking gets put together and it's something that's theoretically better. And then in the meantime, right, while the federal government's trying to figure it out, a state like Massachusetts might just come out and be like, yeah, we're going to enact something at the state level anyway, which is how um, it's how the health insurance thing worked, right? Because everyone was... Everyone was going on for universal health care forever, right? But in 2004, I think, when Mitt Romney was a governor, he created universal health care for the state of Massachusetts. So, right, it was like a nationwide federal issue. But then at the state level, Massachusetts was like, yeah, we'll just create that for Massachusetts only. 
He cost me so much fucking money from age 26 to fucking 33. <laughs> Fuck him. Fuck but then that. eventually with Obama, he was able to you know work with Congress and pass it at the federal level, which is why when all of that was going on, everyone in Massachusetts was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. We've had this, we've had this already for like 10 years. Seven fucking years. So Fuck it didn't that. it didn't really affect us, right? The Obamacare thing. So you could do the same thing with uh, with this housing stuff. Well, it's going to have to happen here, New York, California, whatever, first. It's anyway. going to be what the desirable places, right? Like yeah. the desirable states to live in. It's going to be up to their state government to do something. And considering that people are running away from New York and California at fucking, you know, rates that have never been seen before, um, it might be up to Massachusetts <laughs> to do something. Well, good. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It was yeah. a good, good talk. It was a good thought. <laughs> good to know it's fucking dead in the water. Yep. Yep. So... Uh, all right. Well, you want to wrap this up? It's about that time. We can wrap this up. Um, so before it gets too far away, a couple weeks ago, we had our tasting for the wedding. So yes. our venue, um, they do all the food in house. So we just went to the venue. We didn't have to interview multiple caterers and go to multiple whatever's. What are you going to do for me? <laughs> Dude, seriously, like some people have said that. It's almost like, well, who's actually going to be there that day? Yeah. Well, 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 it won't be me. It's like, well, who is it going to be? Yeah, yeah. So we didn't have to deal with caterers. Our venue handles it. So all we had to do was select the food. Now- I may have mentioned this on, on the on the show before, but I pulled up a menu at one point and I go, I've got it. I've I've picked the menu. <laughs> and Michaela was like, Well, we still have to go. I go, No, 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 we we do. We'll go. Like, no problem. I'm not saying we don't have to go. Like, it's food. What do I care? <laughs> yeah, I'll go eat food. And I go, I just I know what it's gonna be. Like, well, we have to try it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we're going to try it. Like, no problem. And like some of the people at the gym, same thing. Like, oh, we got to go to the tasting. I go, stop, <laughs> stop. I go, this is going to be at a pretty nice place that's known for weddings. It's not at a golf course that does some weddings. Like, right. no matter what we end up with, the food's going to be good. Right. I just know based on menu what the best option is. So... We go down, and it's me, her, her parents, and my mother. We sit down for, like, appetizers. I'm like, okay, yep, like, fine. So first one that comes around is a vegan BLT. No need. No. Nope. You can just- Right in I the didn't, trash. Didn't even try it. Yeah. Nope. Actually, what I, it's and it's like I didn't even pull a Ron Swanson, like, the vegan bacon. Oh, can I have some? Throw it away. Yeah. That trash. was delicious. Can I have more? Trash. <laughs> um so some super disappointments though. 
Like there was a jerk chicken egg roll. So bland, dude. Oh, like, really? I'm like, I was like looking forward to that. I'm like, yeah. that sounds, that sounds good. Like yeah. I'm, I'm fucking, I was like 90% sure. Like that was going to be it. Yeah. Not good. Ah, that's tough. Yeah. It was just like, this does not bring it. Yeah. Um, truthfully off the top of my head, I forget what we're going with. Like they'll be, it'll be good. Don't worry. But, um, I do remember some of the stuff we're not going with. Like we're going to have, like, we're not going to go, like, we're not going to double up. So like scallops are going to be one of the entrees. Like we're not going to offer up scallops again. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, one of the things was the octopus salad. <laughs> Yo, seven fishes, yeah. which I tried it. It's good. And I think Michaela's mother had some too. She's like, what do you think? I go, it's good, but we're not offering this. <laughs> She's like, I agree. I'm like, listen, it tastes good. I like Kalamata olives. Like, I don't mind red onion, but like, who the fuck is going to eat an octopus salad like in a shot glass with yeah. raw red onions at a fucking wedding? Yeah. No yeah. one. Right. Get rid of this. Is this like the the hors d'oeuvres kind of get past, walked yeah, around so during we, like the cocktail hour? Yeah. So during cocktail hour, there'll be like some past hors d'oeuvres. We'll probably do a station. Okay. Blah, blah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're sitting there and it's like, like I was hungry when we got there and I'm like, okay, that's like pretty good. I know we still have to eat. So then they like open up the fucking thing and it's like, all right, well, let's go sit for dinner. And I'm like, okay, sitting like it kind of already was sitting. (laughs) Yeah. Let's head over here now. And it's like. Big fucking thing of bread. It's like, don't need this. Like, yeah, we're out of taste. We don't need bread. Like, yeah, yeah. Who the fuck's gonna eat rolls? Like, <laughs> yeah. so then they put three salads on the plate. One is like a mixed. I think it was like a mixed with blue cheese and whatever. The middle one was a burrata. And then the third one was like a romaine balsamic something or other. And I'm like, how many would we pick? And she goes, one. I go, okay, fine. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, all right, well, the burrata is good. But like, who wants to eat this much cheese before a wedding? I go, so that one's out. I go, that's the best tasting, but it's out. Yeah. And then the romaine... Someone's like, I like, they, I'm like, well, the ro- like before we even ate it, I go, the romaine's out. They go, what do you mean? I go, look at it. <laughs> the like head of romaine just like chopped down the middle. Yeah. So like all the le- leaves are still attached to like the yeah. end. Right. I go, this is a pain in the ass. No, this is out. Like, <laughs> no way. I don't give a fuck how good it tastes. No. Like, cut the fucking leaves. Make it yeah. a fucking salad. You gave me half a fucking heart of romaine <laughs> and said like, hey, figure it out. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not. Yeah. I, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever. Pick this out. And we have like our menu and it's like, they're going to give us like, they're going to come in waves, like two types of fish, two types of fish, two steaks, uh, short ribs chicken. And it's like. 
all right, well, this is going to be like small because it's a shitload of food. That's eight entrees. Right. They were like, I mean, they were small, but like, they were like fairly substantial. <laughs> so I forget what the first one that came was. I think it was a halibut with God knows what and scallops with God knows what. And have you ever eaten halibut? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know how it's supposed to be presented. Is it white fish? It is white. Yeah. But it's a nicer white. Like it's not cod. So I don't know how halibut is supposed to be prepared, presented, but like it felt undercooked. So I don't know if it's supposed to become, I don't know if it's supposed to come out as like medium. Yeah. It just felt like slimy. So I don't know about like, so again, I don't know enough about halibut. I just know that that wasn't good. Yeah. Scallops are good. No problem. And then it's like, here's some cod, here's some swordfish. And I think like Joe even was like, I'm just going to like move some stuff around, but I'm not eating any of this. Yeah. He goes, he goes, we have too much shit to eat. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just make it look like I picked at it. Um, in before we, my, my predictions were the ribeye, the scallops. I go, those look like, I go, those look like the best dishes, both in terms of sides and options. I go, they definitely like cook the best. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, those are going to be my predictions. And then we got the menu and I'm like, yep, they're both here. And then we got to the tasting and we were tasting both of them. And I'm like, it's going to be these two. I already know it. Right. Scallops were awesome. So then comes the filet and the ribeye. And this is like the third of our entree. So we've already eaten the appetizers. We've already had our salads. Like, yeah, we've already had four options of fish. People are losing steam. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm a trash bag, and I knew what I was getting myself into. I knew I was eating the whole filet and the whole ribeye. Like, I knew it. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, like, don't get me wrong. Like, they were good. And the only disappointing part about a ribeye, when when they are cooking at scale in a... Um, like a venue type setting, you're not getting like a real ribeye. You're getting a center cut ribeye. Yeah. So it's like they cut out like some of the fat like perimeter and they try to make it look like a filet, even though it's not a filet and I don't want it to be a filet. So it's thick like one. So it was a center cut ribeye. I really wish it wasn't, but that's what they make. They don't make what I'm looking for. Right. Um, so I ate both. It's, it's the, it's the ribeye. Like the ribeye just tastes better. Like, yeah, that's, that's it. It's all there is to it. Right. Ribeye is, is the, the dominant. And my mother's like, well, and I think, I think everyone agreed with me. They like, like the ribeye just tastes better. And my mother's like, Oh, I kind of like this one. I'm like the filet. She goes, yeah, it was cooked more. My mother doesn't eat shit medium. She eats shit like fucking well done. Yeah, yeah. She goes, yeah, I like the, I like that one, the one that was actually cooked. I go, yeah, no, this opinion does not fucking count. <laughs> and I'm like, what about taste? She goes, I don't know. This one was. Co-. I go, okay, good. She's also having a tough time. Like, I don't know the last time she's seen that much food put in front of her. <laughs> um, 
and like the la- and then she she was like she goes oh well I'm like she goes because our, our organizer came over and told us oh one more entree then the steaks came out but the the little menu thing had the chicken and the short ribs and my mother's like oh I'm surprised they're not going to bring chicken I go oh are you very concerned with the chicken I go you you just yeah I go yeah. You, you you don't know what it's going to be you might you might want the chicken yeah yeah I go I can tell you one thing we ain't getting the chicken. Because well, I just I just think it's weird that they wouldn't bring it out. I go, I think the organizer just misspoke. She didn't know where we were at in the right, right in the thing. I go, they're probably bringing it. They gave it to us on this stupid card, like right, whatever. So they because everything they did too, they brought out a full size portion of the plate to show us what it was, and then took it away. And that's like staff was eating that and everything, right? And I go, well, here you go, ma. Chicken's coming. Hope you like it. <laughs> like, I don't know if I can eat anymore. I go, well, you were asking about that chicken. It's coming. Yeah, here it is. So naturally, I ate all the short ribs too. <laughs> that was that was a, a, a second call. So I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't know if I'm able to eat anymore. <laughs> I ate all the short ribs. Those are delicious too. Yeah. But uh, I did not like what it came with. Because I did, I did leave the was it door like risotto open. or something no, super rich. No, it wasn't. It was probably like shit. I don't even know, but it was probably like fucking like wilt, like sautéed spinach and like Ugh. something random. Yeah, and it was like that's kind of what did it for me. It was like if it was mashed potatoes and asparagus, like you got to consider that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still think the sides on the ribeye because there's like a potato and like I think it's potatoes and then like a corn succotash or something. Um, it was good. Like it was really good. So ultimately, like I left. I didn't in the back of my head. I was like the the short ribs could surprise us. But the sides didn't hold enough. So I was right. I have superior. um <laughs> Food thoughts and food knowledge. I'm the best. Should have been. So a it's chef. the two options. It's the scallops or the. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there'll be ravioli. There'll be a of a, a ravioli for anyone that's fucking weird or doesn't. Yeah. Whatever. It's it's like the vegetarian is like the ravioli. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. Did you do desserts too, or just? <laughs> Fuck. So, <laughs> I am. So I am not a dessert guy. Right. I very rarely eat it order it more likely to pick at it if it's like around at like a house but like it's very rare for me to order from a restaurant also i don't get a lot of leeway here because i'm lactose intolerant it's true so there's a lot of reasons i'm just not a dessert guy so they put everything out on a table and you could like go pick choose whatever okay um I don't think we're going to do plated dessert. Um, I think we can do a Sunday bar. Yeah, I, I feel like that's... that's the way to go, right? Because it's like once people eat everything, because you figure too, I think, I, I mean, I've we've been to a bunch of weddings recently, right? Over the last few years. But 
I think like the the common thing now is to not do a plated dessert, right? Because yeah. you have the cocktail hour. Because after dinner, people want to get fucking are, moving. Exactly. People are like mingling, whatever. You do the hors d'oeuvres. You have the 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 thing. Then you sit down for dinner. They bring the salad. They bring the entree. They bring whatever else is on the list of things to bring out. And it's like, okay, I'm good. Like, just let me grab dessert on my own. Right. Like yeah. I want to, I want to go do stuff, whether that be yeah. dance or drink or mingle or whatever it is. You yeah, just want to smoke a cigar or whatever. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Again, cause in that, like, that was the thing that always pisses me off about weddings. Like if it's plated, it's like, okay, well make sure you sit here and wait for your dessert. It's like, bro, I'm not going to eat that fucking thing anyway. Right. Right. Like I just picked one cause you got, cause it's more work for me to explain to you that you don't need to bring me a, a, a plate right. than it is to just say, the chocolate cake yeah <laughs> like yeah do they offer any late night stuff yes tbd because i you think... don't want to call Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> so i think we have to we have so michaela and i gotta just like look at and consider what we want to do because like they do like a late night thing but there's also the after party Oh, right. So we do have a later like ceremony. So I don't know if we need like a late night. Right. Something and an after party something. I think that's too much food. Yeah. And it's yeah, going to be too fair. It's going to be too tight to each other. Yeah. I think we will have something at the after party. Because got to imagine dinner doesn't start till fucking eight. Yeah. yeah, if anyone's coming, fucking don't show up hungry. <laughs> <laughs> like not eat again, not eat until eight or so. Yeah. Plan plan ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but something like that. All right. So yeah. Tasting was good. I was right again. <laughs> it's hard being this smart. It's tough. It's exhausting at times. You don't even I, need a, a brain chip. It's why I don't even have. It's like it's why I'm lacking energy sometimes. The burden of <laughs> of being right all the time. It's yeah, it's it's, tough. it's hard sometimes. That's a tough one. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, well, with my final thought, um, I will bring up the new piece or entry or whatever you want to call it into the golf world. Um, anyone that golfs, you know, of Kirkland balls, the allure, right. If everyone's like, Oh, Kirkland, they're, they're made in the same factory as Titleist. They're the same thing as Pro V ones. Yeah. Thankfully hey, to hey, they are my fucking golf spy. Not. Yeah. Shout out to my golf spy. Um, Go check them out if you golf. If you do anything golf related, just check them out. They they're an, a fantastic company. I can't say enough good things about them. They do a bunch of like consumer reviews, and they're actually golf people doing the reviews. Like it's they're just great. Uh, and then come to find out, thanks to them, Kirkland balls are not even close remotely to Pro V ones. But whatever, right? That's been the allure for years. Uh, was so, oh yeah, just. Buy your balls at Costco. It's the same thing as Pro V1s, whatever. Well, Kirkland, the again, with the esteemed Kirkland golf ball, has now created clubs. So now they offer, you can buy Kirkland brand 
Costco golf clubs that only come right-handed. Um, they come with, I forget, I think it's the Lambkin um, velvet grip. Uh, it only comes from four iron to pitching, pitching wedge. wedge. Yeah, four four to pitch. Um, they come with a steel shaft. I forget, I forget what. Brand. I, I think forget the. Is it True Temper? Maybe I forget the brand, but it's a uh, hundred fifteen. And so I don't know if it's a dynamic gold one fifteen or or what. Yeah. Um. So there you have it. You can get. Costco brand golf clubs now that again, as the aforementioned, my golf spy uh, company is putting them to the test to see how they hold up and their specs and all that stuff. So TBD to see how they perform, but um, they're also blades. So, I mean, good luck. Are they actual blades or are they? they, Truthfully, they, I didn't, I didn't look because they might be like P seven nineties. Yeah. Now that you say that, I think I saw a picture of them next to the P seven nineties. Cause P seven nineties like kind of look like blades, but they like definitely aren't blades. Yeah. So there's a, it was my golf spy actually posted a picture of the Kirkland signature versus the tailor made P seven ninety. So they look like blades, but they're not. So we'll see. Like I said, TBD. They just got them today. The 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 folks over at my golf spy. So they got them today. They'll be testing them. They'll be running all kinds of stuff, and then I'm sure they will report out what they find. But. Kind of cool, kind of interesting, kind of funny. Just one of those quirky little things that, you know, again, if you're not in the golf world, then you you don't get it, right? Which, whatever, it's fine. Um, but just for the longest time, it's the Kirkland golf ball. Everyone, you just like, oh, Kirkland golf ball. Now they have clubs. <laughs> so your favorite place, shout out to Costco. Um, coming up with all kinds of stuff. Oh, the best thing, I forgot. They're only 500 bucks. So you get the full set for 500 bucks. Again, shout out to Costco. But unfortunately for you, they only come right-handed. I'm not <laughs> so. buying fucking Costco golf clubs. <laughs> oh, why not? <laughs> well, I'm fit for my fucking clubs. <laughs> that cost more than 500 bucks. So I don't think... I'm going to buy clubs with a shaft weight that I don't use, with a shaft type that I don't use, out of a fucking box at a Costco. Well, okay. <laughs> I think I'll play the clubs that I play. Yeah. In but I think that's probably a good idea. Clubs that I can get fit for, and or I could demo. Or I could find some info about. Yeah. Never mind. It's going to be interesting when my golf spy goes, yeah, the lofts and lies kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so. I mean, other than that, I mean, they'll probably hit fine, you know, for the right person. Right. 
but you want to buy that shit blind off the shelf, then like go nuts. Right. You might hit them fine. You might hit them like shit. Right. And that's what like some people are like, oh, I got them and they're great. Well, maybe they're a great fit for you. Yeah. Could be. They won't be a great fit for me. Well, just for starters, yeah. You're not even if you. they had left-handed. Yeah, even if they had say. left-handed. <laughs> the construction of the club is not my fucking style of club. Like, right, right, right. For the life of me, I could not hit fucking P790s. Right, right. Unless it wanted to feel like I was hitting a fucking cinder block every time. Yeah. So, there you have it. Fun thing to keep an eye out for. I'll report back whenever we get the, the Don't findings. buy it clubs at Costco. Yeah, just, just don't. Just it, don't. Yeah. It's a fucking downgrade. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah, I was going to say most of the time. If you're but... the person that's going to be like, oh, wow, Costco has golf clubs. I'm going to go buy them right now. It's probably a downgrade. Yeah. Unless you have like, you know, your grandfather's set or your uncle. Yeah, that's my dad, thing. But like, I mean? na- like, but why now? Like if you were playing, if you're playing like fucking Silver Scots. Yeah. What? It was, it was 500 bucks from Costco. That's what made you do it. Right. I can get you to spend less than 500 and I can get you better clubs. Right. Guaranteed. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what they find. So on that note, that's going to do it for us. So thank you for watching. If you're on YouTube, uh, don't forget to click the subscribe button up top. Uh, Smash the like button down below. Uh, If you're an audio only listener, uh, you can subscribe wherever you're at, whatever platform you're on. That would be great. And then also, if you happen to use Spotify or Apple, uh, go over, leave us five stars and a review. Also would be incredible. Would appreciate that. You can get us on Twitter at sarcasm, sarcasm, geez, sarcasm underscore speaks. Uh, Instagram is at sarcasm speaks pod. Facebook is sarcasm speaks. The website, sarcasmspeaks.com. Obviously, we have the merch store. And then also, uh, you guys can support the sponsors in the show notes. They're all listed below with their promo codes that'll get you all kinds of money and deals and all kinds of stuff like that. So go support them uh, below. So that is going to do it for us. Uh, Until next time, good night, everybody.